I do think we have to put a little bit of acknowledgement out there, hello friends and family, that we skipped this couple because of vacations, even though we pre-recorded. Oh yeah, they're gonna There get... was just things that, just life, you know? COVID, yeah. we'll blame it on COVID. Can we blame, blame everything on COVID? On blame COVID. COVID. <laughs> I was just talking to the contractor for some of the work around here and he's like, everything gets blamed on COVID. Any kind of delay, anything's going on, it's always good. It's, it's, yeah, we point back to COVID, that's right. Always, well, welcome back. Episode 28? Yeah. yeah, I was like, I don't know. Season. I better look at the top of this. We're like close to the end here. Yeah. Now, when we started, it was like 30. Yeah. Really? I don't know if we're going to be able to do it. So <laughs> we've had some really good interactions with people. I've had it even outside of just a couple of interactions online, but just I've had people that we know text me, you know who you are, and some other conversations. Yeah, other like stuff. I have a, one of my best friends. He's, uh, just randomly kind of picked a picked up a small group uh, attending a small group and he was like Lenny we're going through the screw tape letters right now <laughs> that's like, awesome perfect so that's, that's I know you're listening random. I appreciate that that's and, great but yeah total I was like well you're gonna have to let us know what we missed cause, yes uh Couple of There's a lot. Here, yeah, he's like, "Are you going through any study materials?" No, we're just <laughs> we're re, we're we're just reading and flying by the seat of our pants. And some some weeks it's like we're reading it there live and figuring it out there live. We haven't even pre-read. And so what's crazy though is there's actually been a couple things that have come up in our discussion that over the last three weeks has kept coming up. And I don't mm. remember the one thing that I actually. Remember how we, he talked about the selfishness issue and how when you're trying to be selfish, you're actually, I'm sorry, when you're trying to be selfless, you're actually being selfish. Remember that whole like dynamic, that principle he was kind of dealing with, mm-hmm. with that Christian group that was like, oh, and, the, yes. and yeah. how they were going to use that to leverage like pride or other things down the yep. road. And, and dude, I could not get that out of my head. And it has been like a part of my like practice of the last three to four weeks since we talked about that of like mm-hmm. identifying when I'm trying to be selfless when it's actually really me wanting to be selfish Ooh. and it has completely changed my perspective in the way I treat people and look at situations and being honest about the situation wanting from simple things with and it, it's been so healthy Oh, it's been so, so healthy. And I've even used that principle now. I first confirmed it. I don't even know. I'm in therapy. Uh-huh. So I'm in, in, I said, Hey, I had this brain fart and we were reading through this book and my buddy and I were talking and this is the statement. And I've been thinking through this and I was like, am I a weirdo for thinking that this is true? And he's like, no, like there's not very many people acknowledge that. And, wow. and he, and so he's very affirming for those, those thinking. So I was like, all right, so very I'm, cool. not, I'm not completely off my rocker. Cause sometimes I think I'm off my rocker. I'm totally off my rocker. <laughs> my wife's usually the one that knocks me back on my rocker. So we got to tell it. Cause we have a lot of people how, vacation, dude, high and low on your trip. Oh yeah. So, uh, our mountain bikes got stolen in Reno, which was sucks. awful. Just totally sucks. Uh, taking out the back of the truck. You can thumbs down this video. Just Big for thumbs that. down on that. But uh, I don't know. It's like, you, it's such a violent, like having anything stolen. And I think I talked about on the podcast recently, like, uh, earlier this year, my wife's laptop was stolen out of, yeah. out of the car. Um, and it's such a violating, like, we work so hard for for stuff and that like people just think that they can go through this world and just take what they want yeah. you know and so it's so it's very frustrating so i don't want to di- like diminish that uh however it was also like you know when it happened obviously unsettling did a report all this stuff 
Um, but having this moment where like the maturity that I had, uh, I think I, just being a different person in how I responded and how I reacted and how I uh, tried to put my family first and protect uh, my relationship with my wife and not and not let that be something that I mean it was like the second day of our vacation and like to prioritize the people over the possessions Ooh. you know um, that I don't know if if a year if three months ago if a year ago if I would have responded that same way so um, even though it was just a terrible situation totally sucks um, I think the growth that I've seen kind of personally, spiritually, mm. relationally, um, seeing that kind of be tested mm. and, and watching us kind of pull together and say, okay, we're going to protect our vacation. We're going to protect our family. We're not going to, you know, uh, Ruby, she's, she's actually uh, 16 months today. So oh. she was 15 months at the time. <laughs> and it was like, not that she really knows what's going on, but she can feel oh, some of that. Totally. She feels that tension. She And so like all it would take is like, you know, me being frustrated or anxious or whatever and lashing out and like trying to work through that and not allow those, those like negative feelings to pour out into my relationship, yeah, but like yeah. putting them where they belonged and managing. So, yeah. so that was a low, uh, that kind of revealed a little bit of like, okay, Here's like a high in my in, in kind of my so the, process the of life. The paradox yeah. of this, the other side of the rock, was it actually was like, whoa, there's spiritual growth in your life and the way you responded to yeah. reacting and seeing that had the fruit of the spirit. Right, which would have totally been justified. Like I could yeah. have, you know, we were both justified totally. in, in being frustrated yeah. and anxious about things yeah. and upset and, and all those things. Um, but the flip side of that was like, yeah, the just wow there's growth there's growth it was one of those checkpoints you know in your mm -hmm. life where you you hit a checkpoint and you go okay this is different than yeah. i have been so yeah. whatever whatever kind of slow faithful meticulous kind of like uh commitment to growth mm -hmm. that you don't always see the growth in the moment you're like yeah what's really going on here where mm -hmm. am i uh to have a moment where you go oh i guess yeah yeah, there has been growth. It's yeah, like, this is different. It's yeah, like this is good. Standing on the scale and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I did lose weight. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you're like, is this working? What's happening? Yeah, like, am yeah, I just yeah. wasting my time here? It's yeah. like, you know, then you notice or someone said, you know, and, and it was one of those like affirming things, which That's was so really funny. cool. And then, yeah, I think uh, just the high was um, getting to spend, again, just that quality time. Yeah. And it's, it's hard because you can't really... Uh, carve out quality time it's not really a thing because you, you know but uh i forget where i heard this but like quality time is found inside of quantity time wow so the more time that you spend yeah. the more the more opportunity the more likely it is that quality time sure. will come out of that quantity yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. just say okay i'm gonna spend i, I only have two hours this week so let's spend two hours of quality time instead like you you know you carve out the time and the qualities found in that so uh it was just a really sweet kind of you know my daughter's in such a fun age that you know she's never going to be this again and so it was just trying to learn how to camp with her and mm -hmm. you know getting her getting gonna take her on a boat and yeah. we went wakeboarding and she's watching oh. her mom wakeboard and just like <laughs> flipping out just <laughs> loving it it was so fun and you know just all the little things we yeah. borrowed bikes when we got to the campsite <laughs> we borrowed bikes from the family that was there and then 
and then because uh, we had the bike trailer that you got us. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So so I we use that. Yeah, so we use the bike trailer. <laughs> did, and, you, uh, uh, did you did you do the tricks and stuff? No, I'm just yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> like, got her up on one wheel. She loved the first five minutes each okay. direction. Okay. After that, she slept the whole time. Oh, I just, mean, it just lulled her to sleep. Perfect. And it was like her poor little neck was all kinked and like her helmet's all big and pink and her neck's all kinked in there. You're like, there's no way. I see some of the ways that she sleeps and I'm like, there's no way she's going to wake up not sore, but I'm applying my, you yeah. know, 34 year old body <laughs> to, uh, to a little, so ultimately, yeah, great, great That's vacation. Okay. Even with all the bad, you know, yeah. you just, you're reminded like, look, we're healthy, we're together, we're, you know, counting our blessings and just, uh, going to ma- made the best of, of a bad situation. It's totally worth it. That's How about great. you? I mean, we've been all out, all, all out. Dude, vacation, everywhere. vacation. So you'd think, so my in-laws, we haven't seen some family, uh, up North, like family vacation for a couple of years altogether. I feel like I think three or four, but even we haven't seen them for almost like 19 months because of what was, what's been going on, yeah. it, you know? And so my father-in-law was like, no, nah, I'm fed up. We're going to rent a house. Here's cash. I'll pay for it. You know, kind of a thing. And wow. the sister-in-law, my wife's sister found it, San Diego. And I'd never been to this area, like beach something. It's like just South of La Jolla, just North of like Mission Bay. It's like this really cool little old college beach town. That's like oh. party central, which I didn't know that, but luckily we weren't in party central. Cause like up and down the street, they had like party bus, like bands rock and roll up and down the streets. Really? Like, Come drink with us on this bus while we're playing music. And like, it's loudspeakers. Like what the heck? <laughs> kind of funny, but surfing. So, and so it's the in-laws with my wife's sister and brother or not her brother, her sister's husband, their mm-hmm. two kids, my wife and I and our three kids all in one house for eight days. Oh, wow. So a recipe for disaster. Yeah, could be. So I was actually not looking, like the trip for me was like a test. Like I looked at this like, okay, well, let's see if I've grown. Yeah, right. Let's see <laughs> if I could like, you know, let's see. Cause you usually you put me in a situation like that when my routine is off, I don't do well. Like Mm. I'm very much routine driven. So vacations, I don't look forward to vacations in the sense that my routine is off. Everybody's staying late. I don't know what's next and I can't control the environment. So I get all like the old Tim would. And this trip, the last couple vacations we had, great. I just, I just, my expectation was, I just want to serve. I don't care what happens. I get Mm. to be around my cousins. I get to spend time with my brother-in-law. Um, and I, and my father-in-law and my mother-in-law and whatever happens, happens to the point where I told my in-laws, I was like, Hey, I'm going to take you guys to the most memorable dinner. Just like, I want to take you guys out. And they're like, great. And so one of the nights, my brother-in-law had some friends over or whatever at the house. And so we, I was like, Hey, perfect night. Let's take you guys out. So we do have to like, let's go find a nice seafood restaurant, score really. We show up and it was memorable in that they comped, end up comping the whole meal. And I didn't complain one time. No like way. I did not complain. No. Yeah. Wow. It was that bad. Like terrible. Calvin is crying. The food was so bad. Oh, he picked up his chicken no. and like, it's supposed to be fried chicken at a fish place, but still you figure fried fish. They'd figure that out. And literally all of the, it was just falling off. Like it was just like, and it was, na- it was, the, oh, it was so, no. and I'm like, whatever. I, I chose this trip. I was like, I'm not going to, my goal is to yeah. Also all. this podcast uh, brought to you by La Jolla fish market. No, I'm yeah, just kidding. No. Or whatever it was. <laughs> I don't even remember. Dude, it was so bad. <laughs> and the manager came up and he's like, manager, like interim, like he wasn't even the manager. He's like the oh. bar back. And he's like, you know what? This has been a horrible experience. Like I can see dessert. I don't want to remake you guys food. Can I just comp it? And you guys go. And I was like, I literally just want to let you know. I don't know if other people are experiencing it. You know, I was, it was actually the mother-in-law that started. Yeah. But she was sweet about it too. It wasn't like we were 
no Karens, if you can no believe Karens it. No, and I oh, think yeah. that's why he comped us. Like it was literally like just we don't care. I was willing to pay for it. Yeah, leave. Like, like I didn't, is... you know. And so, anyways, uh, that's a silly story. But uh, Ella learned she wanted to learn how to surf, and I I remember when I was years before I even had kids, I had this dream where I taught my daughter how to surf. Oh, so and, cool. And um, walking with her to go, so we borrowed a surfboard in the area, like on a soft top, and brought her down to the beach and taught her how to pop up, how to catch a wave, how to paddle out. And she for two days straight couldn't get her off the surfboard that and is calvin wanted so to learn cool. how to do it too so calvin ended up standing and riding it's just white water stuff but like the fact i wish I, when i was 13 i had somebody helping me like i was afraid yeah. of the waves at 13 years old because we didn't grow up by the beach and so teaching her how to duck dive and go under and you know by no means could she paddle out by herself but once she was out there and she could stand and she would paddle to you know in you know and it was really fun just to watch her for hours out there and Love so that. you know just swimming jacuzzi times and just listen to that bama podcast i probably i walked oh my gosh I, so good. <laughs> I, and I was i thought i'd be the first one up but i wasn't actually my brother-in-law and i mean he just had to watch his kids because you know whatever so we had a lot of time to talk together which is really great and uh, i don't think he listened to this hey buddy but um it's just great having really honest very real conversations with him getting to know him and his family and he's a super smart guy and he's an engineer at apple was it google oh, wow. no other way it was apple now he's at google and you're like Dude, this guy's super smart so it was just really really fun and so um we did that and then a couple of days i just got back though from a couple of days just my kid, olivia's going to middle school mm-hmm freaking me out but she's so emotionally secure i think she's most emotionally intelligent person i know at 11 years old the kid is insane um but we got to take her away for two days the last couple of days just pam and i we did it with ella last year going to middle school now Olivia's going to middle school two days away santa monica and uh just had spoiled the crap out of her oh love it i said i said no i think once to her like livy you know but she's like i want you to go crazy running into the ocean okay and like just like you know literally you know yeah, just, i could see that request you know just her. goofy fun stuff and just made some really fun memories so you know i'm glad to be back actually this i got one more trip i'm leaving friday night to take Pam on our 20 years we've been dating. Like our dating anniversary is uh-huh. actually, I think it's today, but we're going out <laughs> Friday tomorrow for okay. an overnighter. And I got like a super fancy, like, you know, you order like it's 160 bucks for like a six course meal, like where it's like super fancy, like it's not a oh, Michelin just, star restaurant, but like they're like wannabe Michelin star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and it's that, like yeah. right there, got a little, ho- like it, make it a big deal about it. We're having fun. So it should be fun. So that'll be Friday to Saturday. And then back, everything goes back to normal next week so Pam's back to work kids old not in school yet but they've got you know whatever and yeah so I'm I'm, I'm glad because it's just the workload is crazy around here so um, it's good timing God knows that hey we are talking so we just I don't know. I it's think you. We literally it's just, us. Hey, let us. So catch thank up you for each letting other. us uh, catch up with one another, but also yeah. catching you guys up with where we've been and what's going on. And and um, we'd love to like I love hearing your guys' stories too. Those yeah. of you that are listening. So um, we'll jump in here to chapter twenty-eight of the Screw Tape Letters, and we've got like four more left. I think three or four more. And like I said, the last few particularly, I've really, really enjoyed in the conversations we've had. Mm. Um, so you want to read, you want to start reading or me? Yeah, either way. Uh, like I said, well, we were camping and then uh, we, we were living in the Dixie, in the smoke of the Dixie fire. So I think... Dixie fire? There's a fire? 
which was yeah it's like in between like chino and it was like northern california got it so it was just smoky the whole time so you can't kind see of i'll read that i'll have to read one of these so <laughs> either right. way i'm gonna read this one if i'm a little nasally that's i hear it sounds good though it's like right. when uh, phoebe gets like nasally and she has her sexy song voice uh, that would re- that would require me to watch friends which is not gonna happen so <laughs> I watched it way too many times back in the day. I haven't seen it in a long time, though. But all right, my dear Wormwood, chapter twenty. If you're following along, at this point, you know what's going on. When I told you not to fill your letters with rubbish about the war, I meant, of course, that I did not want you to. Ha- I did not want to have your rather infinite, oh, infantile, no, infantile, raff. Rhapsodies, you know, like the bohemian kind. That's how you say it. Infantile rap. How do you say that word, dude? Say Rhapsody? Rhapsodies. Infantile rhapsodies. About the death of men and the destruction of cities. Insofar as the war really concerns the spiritual state of the patient, I naturally want full reports. And on this aspect, you seem singularly, singularly obtuse. I love that word, obtuse. Thus, you tell me with glee that there is reason to expect heavy air raids on the town where the creature lives. This is a crying example of something I've complained about already. Your readiness to forget the main point in your immediate enjoyment of human suffering. Do you not know that bombs kill men? Or do you not realize that the patient's death at this moment is precisely what we want to avoid? Uh He has escaped the worldly friends with whom you tried to entangle him. He has, quote, fallen in love, end quote, with a very Christian woman and is temporarily immune from your attacks on his chastity and the various methods of corrupting his spiritual life, which have, which we have been trying are so far unsuccessful. So... Mm. In chapter 28, they've been trying to rip this guy away, and they can't. Failed and failed and failed. So the last thing we want to happen is for him to die in an air raid. Because he will be standing before God. That's right. (laughs) And just unmarred. So Wow. Okay. At the present moment, as the full impact of the war draws near and his worldly hope takes a proportionately lower place in his mind, full of his defense work, full of the girl, forced to attend to his neighbors more than he has ever done before and liking it more than he expected, quote, taking out himself, as the humans say, and daily increasing in conscious dependence on the enemy, he will almost certainly be lost to us if he is killed tonight. Mm. <laughs> and I find it very interesting the way C.S. Lewis kind of organized the the the, the behavioral outward of this guy mm-hmm. guys focus of it's the other and the friends and the relationships and the people and influences and these types of things is helps keep him connected to quote the enemy which is god well That's, and here's this idea of like you know the air raids in world war ii right like i i can't imagine what it would be like to live through air raids you know and i think about how what we're living through right now and we're saying, well, we've never experienced anything like this, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, which is true. We haven't, uh, not quite like this, but all throughout history, it seems like there have been, there has been adversity. There has been external tensions. There has been, you know, like um, I think about nuclear 
like mm-hmm. the Cold War and drills of like kids being told, you know, the siren goes off and they have to hide under their desk. And we know from Terminator that's not going to help. No, it doesn't help at all, right? So, um, <laughs> like, like we all live through these things, and I think we kind of uh, we hyper focus on the one that we're going through, and yeah. we forget that the the this has been a part of the tension throughout history are these things, and like the. The concern over death, which I think right now in our current climate of the world is like we have put a particularly high concern on on self-preservation and uh, avoiding death, hmm. particularly by the Ronas, right? Like that is like death by coronavirus is the is at least what I'm seeing from from posts from articles I'm reading, like it is perpetuated as the worst possible end, you know, and, uh, and that it is, it is avoidable and you can, there's all kinds of different things that we could do, every kind of rabbit trail that you could dive down and every kind of argument that could be made on either end and all of this stuff that I don't want to get into. But it seems like we have this obsession with like, I don't know if obsession is a fair word, We've, we value self-preservation because self-preservation is important. I yeah. want to, I want to see, I want to see my seventies, I don't know, like however long God has ordained for me, like I don't want to live recklessly. I want to, to self-preserve reasonably so that I can live, live a full and long life and, and achieve dreams and see my daughter grow up and see, you know, like all of these things that we wish for ourselves. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think that the, the desire to avoid death kind of causes us to, uh, ignore that it is a reality of life mm. in, you know, just, it is part of life. It is, it is the hardest. It is one of the hardest and one of the worst parts of life, but it's something that we all experience. Mm. And, uh, the things that, that bring adversity often test our metal, right? They test our, who we are, what we are mm-hmm. and that. And I think that's, what's so interesting to me about this is you would think that, yeah, air raids are a good thing to happen against a Christian because isn't that going to cause him to question God? Isn't that going to cause him to? And and really what's going to happen is he's going to rise to the occasion. He's going to find out that actually caring about other people, serving other people is what's more important. Mm. Um, and, and he's going to like it more than he expects. So I don't know, as we're, as we're reading this, I'm just kind of thinking like, man, how much? And I'm not saying to live recklessly. And I think that there's, there's this, a balance of importance of of looking out for others and, and personal responsibility and all these things that like, like we could, we could discuss. Right. But, um, I think sometimes we work so hard to ignore the fact that like we are mortal, mm-hmm. that, that we don't appreciate or embrace or really understand how adversity can, can push us into growth, mm, you know, and yeah. solidify who we are. That's really good. I, it's, as you're talking, the 
picture that popped in my head without pictures because I don't have pictures in my head, but it's the scripture verse that popped in. Uh, it's the one about the tree that's planted by the wa- streams of waters mm. that, that the roots go towards the waters that even in seasons of drought that it still can produce fruit. Mm. And then it's like in this time of adversity when drought is happening, but yet there's still goodness that can happen from this tree. Yeah. And that as Christians, that is the goal is to become that. And that, that fruit isn't for us. That's for the people around us. Yeah. To bless others. Yeah. yeah. And that, and that, that is that what's happening. And so micro example of that for you was like this trip where like your bikes got stolen. Yeah. And then your response for some reason, quote unquote, quote, like unquote, we know God's reason, working yeah. something in your heart because you've drawn closer to Christ and he's producing this fruit that you go, oh, whoa. And in that season, you blessed your wife and your daughter because yeah, in the long run, what's it called? Lose loss of a couple of bikes over the memories and the time and yep. the spiritual, physical, emotional experience you'll have together yep. that wasn't wrecked because you chose by God's grace to be surrendered in that moment, and trust yeah. Him with the outcome. And that's in this point where you're talking about, like, I think that adversity brings out the worst in us. Uh huh. And as we're allowing it to bring the worst. We either try to control it or we ignore it or we, we disillusion it with drugs, alcohol. You know, we, we turn yeah, it, we, we escape it. from it. Yeah. Um, and what's happening here is because his roots are in good relationships, in trust in God, and kind of like serving in the other and recognizing, whoa, actually there's something inside me that's enjoying this, that those are like those roots that in that adversity that normal people would crush under, he's not. Right, that and it's actually like, pulling out. And it's showing, drawing yeah. out those good that mm-hmm. he likes being connected to the enemy. Yeah, and that's powerful, dude. And I think so often we're so afraid, especially this corona, we're finding people's responses is, I can control, I can control, I control. And yes, we want to be wise. Absolutely. Yes, I'm absolutely. not saying be stupid about it, which is the other end, being ignorant, is that we be wise in that, but it is yeah, the question is, why am I afraid right now? And it's asking and being okay with those harder questions of, Right now, I'm afraid that the government might take over. Why? What? What's the deeper layer of the why in yeah. that? You know, and or on the other side, it might die. You know, and it, both of those are why. What is going on? And so here's we're going to see. There's a there's a an agenda, obviously, that these bad the demons want to try and pull out. So let's see what they're going to do. So this is he's going to continue. I'm going to continue reading here. He's going to continue. Who's he? Tim. I'm third person here. This is so obvious that I'm ashamed to write. <laughs> So, okay, so it's pedantic. Yeah, okay. I sometimes wonder if you're, you young fiends are not kept out of, out on t- uh, temptation duty too long at a time. If you're not in some danger of becoming infected by the sentiments and values of the humans among whom you work. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Uh, they, of course, do tend to regard death as the prime evil, which is what you're saying, mm-hmm. and survival as the greatest good. Literally, you just said that. <laughs> wow. Okay. But that is because we have taught them to do so. Interesting. Do not let us be infected by our own propaganda. I know it seems strange that your chief aim at the moment should be the very same thing for which the patient's lover and his mother are praying, namely his bodily safety. But so it is. You should be guarding him like the apple of your eye. If he dies now, you will lose him. If he survives the war, there is always hope. The enemy has guarded him from you through the first great wave of temptations. Which that line of itself, mm. that I literally was just reading through the Old Testament again. I've started to get like the whole Bible, but going through the Old Testament. And there's a line where one of the kings, one of the, uh, I think it was Abram, his wife, Sarai. And there's twice he did this where he said it's his sister when they went to a foreign oh, yeah. land. And the second king, I think it was, uh, said, 
he had a dream like, Hey, you touch it. You're going to die. Like, and, and, and he goes, well, I didn't, I'm innocent in this. And God's like, yeah, because I kept you from sinning with her. And like, I underlined (laughs) that line, like God kept a pagan God, a king king. to not lie with Sarah to protect his integrity, like, and to protect him. So he didn't have to kill him and all his people. Like that was insane to me. Like when I read that, I was like, I want to be protected in that way. So there is a piece where even the enemy recognize, uh, this, Satan and these demons recognize that there is a protective layer that the, that God puts on our hearts and our minds and even mm. our be- behaviors. Like that's whether it's out of ignorance or not understanding or just, that's insane. Just pure grace. And yeah. I wonder how many times in my life, like I can look back and acknowledge, like maybe God's protected me from things that He's done that. Oh, pure grace. And a lot of times, I've I've see that it's the things that I asked for, or the things that I would have hoped for mm. that didn't come to fruition. Ah. And I look back and I see the way that my life took different turns or whatever. And you go, oh, that probably would have ended badly. That probably mm. could have been really destructive or, or different things, yeah. you know? So Well, and I wonder how many times I didn't like, you know, back before I was dating Pam or whatever, didn't go to connect, hook up with certain girls because there just there wasn't a desire. Like right. it just wasn't there. And, and that it was, was just God a, a grace me. of God. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, it's just miraculous. So anyways, I'm going to keep reading. So, um, but comma, if he can be kept alive, you have time itself for your ally. The long, dull, monotonous years of middle age prosperity or middle age adversity are excellent campaigning weather. And I, right now I'm in my head thinking of the John Piper sermon, uh, the one that's like his famous one about, uh, don't waste your life. Oh yeah. Like that's basically what they get like that season of comfort. We can do our best. And I yeah. find in my own life when I'm comfortable, that's when they, like I'm most vulnerable. Like, yeah. When I'm not at war, I hate, does that make Mac sense? Yeah. That's another <laughs> Piper one. Oh, you see comma. It is so hard for these creatures to pers- persevere. The routine of adversity, the gradual decay of youthful loves and youthful hopes, the quiet despair, hardly felt as pain, of ever overcoming the chronic temptations with which we have again and again defeated them. That's the circle, right? Yeah, the cycle of just... They call it the sin cycle, I've heard, and I... Does life get better? Does life get better? You know, like all the hopes and dreams, and then you... I don't know. It feels like everything that I... I have to be careful how I word this, I guess. Everything that I've hoped for for my life, the things that I, and there's a quote that I've, you know, it's like all the stuff that you wished for, you have now. Like, mm. like, or a lot of the stuff that you've wished for, you probably have now. And you're probably not content with it, you know? Like you're still wishing for more stuff. And I think there's that, there's that emptiness. There's that fight. Like if you're fighting the good fight, yeah. there's this like, you hit these seasons where you're like, what is this even for? Why am I even trying? Hence- Why? Oh, look at that. Finish the fight. It's the season I'm in right now. The okay. season of the... It's the scripture where it talks about the... I fought the good fight. I ran the race. I kept the faith. That's it. I know, because 2 Timothy 4.7 is on the back of my calf, dude. No way! No. Oh, that's awesome. It's there on his go. hat. It's on, my, it's on my leg. It's tattooed. <laughs> so for those of you who aren't watching, it'll <laughs> say, I have a hat. It says, uh, um, the fight, like, finish, finish the, the fight. fight. Yeah. And it's this... It's basically... It's two... It's... I look at it in my own life like I've got to battle ego and insecurity right now. Mm. It's the spirit that's working to to do that and partner. But it, it's he's fighting it. Anyways, so that's what yeah. they're talking about. This this constant cycle that's this up and down. People just get tired of it and give up. Ugh, it's exhausting. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. You know, like is there anything? I is there anything more to this? Yeah. You know, and uh, I was talking with someone 
because uh, she's trying to figure out, she's a young adult trying to figure out, like, do I stay out in Santa Cruz? Do I move? Do I, I'm frustrated with my life. It just feels like it's not going to change. Like, I don't know if I can continue fighting this, this, this fight of like, like just are all we're, is all we're put here for to, to like get a job and pay bills yeah. and like keep a roof yeah. over our head, yeah. like, you know, maintain a credit score. Like just the, some of that young adult angst mm-hmm. that, yeah. that you feel as you're, as you're against the machine. Oh man, it's <laughs> tough. It is a tough age. It's like, I, I don't know if that ever really goes away. I think no. that we just kind of get numb to it. We go, okay, like we settle in or you start finding mm-hmm. your stride and it's mm-hmm. like, but you know, you think about, uh, this kind of, where he's talking about the the quiet despair. Yeah, that's made me word. think of you know the the analogy of a frog in a boiling pot, yep. right? Like yep. and just kind of like slowly turning up the heat yeah. where it doesn't notice. And I think that that um, I don't know. I'm I guess I'm enter- entering my middle age kind of years uh, where it's like, yeah, this is here. I am. I'm in it. I'm in the grind now. Like I've got a daughter that's going to need mm-hmm. you know like this mm-hmm. is it for like at least seventeen more years, right? Um, uh, in the world today, I've got a job. I've now. got you know. I've now I'm putting away toward, re- or I've been putting away toward retirement. Right. But it's like that's that's out there. It's all out there, and yeah. right now is just doing the work. And sometimes yeah. it's like, oh, there's so much yeah. to do. And that's what he. That's what they're yeah. getting at here. Um, and and that's when kind of sin, temptation, or just like callousness, and like like I don't know, losing fervor for faith because you. I've been doing this long enough. I've already tried that, you know, tried the faith thing. And it's interesting, the the words they put here, so the quiet despair, hardly felt his pain of ever overcoming the chronic temptations with which we have again and again defeated them. So we just said that, right? But then it goes on, the drabness with which we create in their lives Mm -hmm. and the inarticulate resentment with which we teach them to respond to it. Mm. All this provides... Admirable opportunities of wearing out a soul by attrition, mm-hmm. and it's that wearing that you literally just. Talk, I mean, they, that's he just yep. artistically just said exactly what you said, right? And he goes on. If on the other hand, the middle years prove prosperous, our position is even stronger. Prosperity knits a man to the world. Whew, I'm gonna highlight Oof. that. Yeah, that's <laughs> right, it's that place of comfort. I find in my job, it's when people are comfortable. It's hard. You don't want to get out of the comfort. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it's just why disrupt, disrupt it. Yeah. We work really hard to keep ourselves from being disrupted. And, and it's in the disruption. I believe we actually find peace. It's like that chaos that that there's Mm -hmm. a peace in that chaos. And I think the picture of the storms that Jesus always talks about is like, just the storms are good. They're not bad. And so often we're so afraid of the storms and it's in this place. The American dream is the pursuit. And it's so funny. I think the American dream kills the kingdom of heaven constantly. Yeah. For sure. Undermines it. And going back to the narrative of that Bema podcast of Mm -hmm. the, you know, empire versus Shalom. Shalom, Yeah. You know, and it's just like, (laughs) I just, when I read this now, I think through this, those are (laughs) the lenses I'm wearing is this empire is this Shalom. Um, Anyways, or a new way to say it would be kingdom of heaven versus the, Worldly heaven, which is yeah. what they just said, this idea here. And he goes on, he feels that he is, quote, finding his place in it. So the prosperity needs to be in the world, yeah. right? Yeah. While really it is finding its place in him. Mm. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so good. 
His increasing reputation, his widening circle of acquaintances, his sense of importance, the growing pressure of absorbing the agreeable work build up in him a sense of being really at home in earth, which is just what we want. You will notice that the young are generally less unwilling to die than the middle-aged and the old. The truth is that the enemy having oddly destined these mere animals to live in his own eternal world has guarded them pretty effective from the danger of fle- f- feeling at home anywhere else. That is why we must often wish long life to our patients. 70 years is not a day too much for the difficult task of unraveling their souls from heaven and building up a firm attachment to the earth. <sighs> Jeez. While they are young, we find them always shooting off at a tangent. Even if we contrive to keep them ignorant of explicit religion, the incalculable winds of fantasy and music and poetry, the mere face of a girl, the song of a bird, or the sight of a horizon are always blowing our whole structure away. So in a sense, what he's saying there is like, it's okay to experience new things like like, cause it draws on our like desire to be connected to God. Yeah. That, like don't lose that childlikeness. Yeah. You know, like all it takes is, is the one right beautiful song sunset. or the right. Yeah, exactly. It just clicks. And I, I think about when I was a kid, I, I used to love traveling at night when I was a kid because all of the lights seem so bright, especially going through, like if you go through a town or a city, right. And it's like all of the big, the McDonald's signs and all the, all of the signs, all of the colors, all of that stuff. And I don't know what, at what point it started happening, but I don't notice that stuff anymore. I just mm. see a, I'm like, okay, there's McDonald's over there. And I, and I, and I ignore how vibrant something is or what the color schemes are. Like some of those things that draw, I think yeah. they're just more subtle. I'm numb to them. Yeah. And uh, I think it, it kind of comes with age and familiarity. It's the same thing with Christmas, right? Like when you're a kid, it takes Christmas forever. Like Calvin's probably at the age where it's like, Oh yeah. Dude, like, he's already you know, talking about Christmas. Is it Christmas yet? Oh, right. Gosh. And it's going to feel like, because he doesn't have that many other Christmases to reference right. that he really remembers. Right. So like he's, he's kind of just drawing on these few. So it's like, but the older we get, the more we, ha- the more reference points we have, uh, which makes time seem to move faster, mm-hmm. you know? And so... We did that uh, time one, like 10 episodes. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. And so that's like, I don't know. I think that we get numb. The older we yeah, get, we get numb sure. to, to we're not stuff. as an awe, and it doesn't yeah. it blows away. And so, and it blows away the structures of the enemy trying to like basically, or the the yeah. demons here, like the way they do their tempting and stuff. Yep. So those ahas, those like oh, this is amazing, is what they don't want us to experience, right? Okay. So it goes on. They will not apply themselves steady to worldly advancement, prudent connections. And the policy of safety first. So in, nev- in, 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 what is that word? Inveterate? I don't even know. Inveterate. Inveterate. Having a particular habit, activity, or interest that is long established and unlikely to change. So the inveterate is their appetite for heaven that our best method at this stage of attaching them to earth is to make them believe that earth can be turned into heaven at some future date. Here it is. You ready? By politics or eugenics, or science, or psychology, or whatnot. Mm. 
real worldliness. Basically, that, and we talked about this a few podcasts ago, where people today, the culture today, think that they, through politics or through their their work that they're going to do, is going to create heaven. And we can create it, and, and there just, are things that we can do to 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 make this better. But, but this motivation is always is going us. to be a it's just shadow. Ego. It's yeah. Just, it's, yeah, yeah. And we talked about that, and that was a few. Yeah. Uh, but that we don't put our hope in the politics, but in Christ who reigns mm-hmm. over all of these things. So real worldliness is a work of time assisted, of course, by pride. That's what, okay. Oh, yeah. For we teach them to describe the creeping death as good sense or maturity or experience. Experience in the particular sense we teach them to give it is by the by the by, a most useful word. A great human philosopher nearly let our secret out when he said that where virtue is concerned, experience is the mother of illusion, end quote. A great human philosopher nearly let our secret when he said that where virtue is concerned, so, quote, experience is the mother of, of illusion. The mother of illusion. Interesting way to say that. But thanks to a change in fashion and of also, of course, the historical point of view, we have largely rendered his book innocuous. Where did you think that was quoted from? Who is uh, that? Experience is the mother of illusion? Because I've heard that before. I don't know, but I'm thinking about just kind of the idea that like the older you are, like like age doesn't always necessarily translate to maturity. Like you can be old and immature. Oh, yeah. And, that's, and I think that's kind of what it's getting at here. Like when it comes to virtue, when it comes to living like a virtuous life, um, well, what the, I think what he's saying here is that when you are trying to live it, like if I'm right now trying to live a virtuous life, uh-huh. the more I do it, the more I believe I'm actually living a virtuous life, but I'm actually not. I think it ties, it's deep, but it ties back into that. When we try to be selfless, we're actually being selfish. When we try to be virtuous out mm-hmm. of ourselves, it actually, the longer we do it and experience that, it actually, it becomes more of an illusion. It's actually not real. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah. So it's it's all in the intent. Like, where does it draw from? Where does it come from? Is our roots in biblically Christians? It's rooted in being connected to Christ, abiding in Him, and from that place of lament and repentance is the seeds of reconciliation, the seeds of the rebuildings, the seeds of the kingdom of heaven that take time to grow yeah. outside of our timeline, outside of our ability. And it's in our surrender to trusting God to make that happen and him working through us when he chooses. The story of Nehemiah is a good picture of that, right? If Nehemiah, I can go into this long diatribe, but go read the story of Nehemiah. It's amazing. When the temple and the walls of Jerusalem were torn down, when he heard about it, he was broken and he lamented for months and months and months and months and months. And he's the one who's just like carried the burden of the sin. Like it was constant months and months and months to then finally got to open the doors to a pagan king whose enemy is Israel. Go, Nehemiah, what's wrong, buddy? And he's like, well, my, my, my city's torn down. My yeah. walls are torn down. The representation of God is gone. We want to be a city. It's light, you know, in a city on a hill. And he's like, okay, what do you need to go fix it? And the king gives him what he needs, and he goes and does the work. In seven chapters is the work that's completed. Mm-hmm. It's one chapter of repentance. It's crazy. Mm. But the work to get the work done to finish the the walls of Jerusalem was hard work. They'd wear, like, swords and all these cool stories. Um, and But how long do you think it took him to repair the wall? I don't know. Seven. Something with a seven? No. No. It's 50 days. Oh, okay. And what I mean by that is it took him months of repenting, of just lamenting, of crying out, mm. like, whoa, 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 and then God opened the doors for him to repair it. So often mm. we want to be the ones who fix the wall without the process of lamenting, without mm. the process of trusting God, without the process of just carrying the burden and acknowledging the brokenness, gotcha. even if it wasn't our fault. 
Does that, I don't know if that makes any sense when I'm saying that. Yeah. And so what I'm trying to get at is like this virtuous situation. So often we want to be the ones to fix it, but when we want to be the ones to fix it, it's already broken and it's going to stay broken. Mm-hmm. That's all I mean by that. Anyways. I don't know. I was trying uh, to put this, this phrase together within the context of like real worldliness. And he talks about experience above it in the peculiar sense. Uh, we teach them to give it is by the by the most useful word. I don't know. I was trying to wrap my head around. Okay. Around. Uh, hey, if anybody has any thoughts on that, yeah, let us know. How that fit in with And maybe it. I'm just too weird on that. I'll keep reading here. So it goes on. How valuable time is to us may be gauged by the fact that the enemy allows us so little of it. The majority of the human race dies in infancy. Of the survivors, a good many die in youth. It is obvious that to him, capital H, human birth is important chiefly as a qualification for human death and death solely as the gate to the other kind of life. We are allowed to work only on a select minority of the race for what humans call a quote, normal life is the exception. Apparently he wants some, but only a very few of the human animals with which he is peopling heaven, populating peopling heaven to have had the experience of resisting us through an earthly life of 60 or 70 years. Well, there's our opportunity. The smaller it is, the better we must use it. Whatever you do, keep your patient as safe as you possibly can. (laughs) So in a sense, a system that keeps you safe and comfortable actually could steer you away from God. Yeah. The longer you live, the more opportunity there is for you to be. We should all just thwarted, get coronavirus and die. Well, (laughs) Some some would argue that that's happening. Such a um, bad way. <laughs> yeah. I, and have a great week. No. I am finding, though, with the situation with coronavirus, I mean, it's been coronavirus. It's been a long time. But I'm acknowledging and sensing, like, a lot of people are truly, really looking at, like you said earlier, the value of their life. What is the meaning of life? Like, there is a sense of, like, real objective kind of detachment from the everyday to go, is this really worth my time? Is this mm-hmm. valuable? And these are all good questions that they're saying we shouldn't be asking these demons. In mm-hmm. a sense. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Cause when we ask them, I think we, we see the answer is pretty obvious that all the stuff I've been chasing is, Oh, is that Ecclesiastes? Yeah. It's, like it's all breath. vanity. It's yeah. All it's all vanity. breath. It's all meaningless. You know, <laughs> it's not all meaningless, but I think I in, in light of eternity, you know, in light of eternity, I think it's uh, Corinthians tells us that, you know, this uh, temporary suffering compared to the eternal weight of glory, yeah. you know, it just, it doesn't compare to what's waiting for us. And I think that's what we should, I'm challenged by is like, do I have that eternal perspective? Do I have that kingdom mindset in every day, yeah. every situation? And it's not that we should force put ourselves in difficult situations just so we don't get, te- like I, I, right. I remember talking to somebody, tested, yeah, I yeah. remember talking to somebody who they thought they were going to move overseas because they were too comfortable and they needed to sell everything and do this thing and blah, 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 and put them in these difficult situations. I'm not even talking about me. I'm talking about somebody I was talking to. And I literally was like, why would you self flagigate yourself? Like, why would you yeah. put yourself in that position just for the sake of that? That's this life is hard enough. Yeah. And if you truly embrace, like for me, selling everything and leaving was easier than facing, 
the deeper issues of anger and insecurity and uh, unforgiveness and the hurts and hangups in my life mm. than it was to get rid of those things, mm-hmm. like to be perfectly frank. And so I would say, why do you want to escape? Why do you want to get? Why do you want to put yourself in that situation? Is it for the glory of God or is it really to like something else is stirring in your own heart? Like, and you just don't want to touch, you don't want yeah. to deal with. I, and I don't know. That's up to other people to kind of look at, you know, and, and, and work within their own lives. So. This was a very interesting one. And some of those statements in this where I just highlighted where it's prosperity knits a man to the world, and which is exactly what you said. is like we need to be very careful to be connected to this world. Like this world isn't going to produce the life that, that's that, that it becomes self-absorbed. Yeah. It, there's a uh, great album by a metalcore band uh, called Your Memorial. And the first track on that is a recording from C.S. Lewis. And uh, he talks about the Christian life being a process of having your natural self be transformed into a Christ self. Mm. And that this process goes on like it's a, it's a very deep kind of like internal process. Um, because outside of Christ, when we do these things, like when we try to uh, to to give um, public service or civil service, it just becomes surrounded in red tape. Mm-hmm. Okay, can you do this, but you can't do this, but you know, uh, unselfishness becomes a form of showing off. Like, like whenever the self is involved, even in the most good of acts, it gets distorted and corrupted because we are already corrupted. And, uh, and so it's this idea that like, it's not that we can't do those things, it's that in the pursuit of those things, we have to be, be in, also in the pursuit of becoming more and more like Christ. Because when we do that, that's when when there's real fruit and real kind of like tangible, uh, important change that happens out of those things, you know, so. Well, you just summed up <laughs> everything we just talked about perfectly. So, so and you even very good. C.S. I even Lewis. quoted C.S. Lewis. Yeah, go listen to that album, Your Memorial. I forget what the which album it is, but if you look it up, it's good. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you. And we'll see you uh, all next time. May God's grace and peace be with you for chapter uh, 29. 29. Blessings. Cool. See ya.